Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Radical is released every Tuesday and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want ad-free listening and early access to next week's episode, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus. For more information, check out tenderfootplus.com. Hello, Radical listeners. I'm Mosi Secret, host of the podcast. We're doing something a little different this week. We want to give you a bit more insight into the reporting that went into the podcast. And we want to give you a bit of a preview of what's coming in the next few episodes. I sat down with Radical senior producer Johnny Kaufman to talk about all of this. And we'll get to that conversation right after the break. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Mosi Secret. I'm the host of Radical, and I'm here with the podcast senior producer, Johnny Kaufman. Hey, Johnny. How's it going? Hey, Mosi. I'm good. Uh, it's a little weird to be talking to you and have our conversation recorded, but um, 
I think this will be fun. I think it'll be good to sort of go back over things. Uh, so yeah, I'm all right. So yeah, uh, so many people are asking me how I thought of this podcast, and the answer is I didn't really think of this podcast. Um, so maybe we should talk about how you first learned about Imam Jamil Alamine and, and his conviction. Yeah, so my memory is a little bit fuzzy on this. I'm not quite sure, but I think I was working on a story about, uh, you know, I'm a reporter in Atlanta, um, and, you know, I'm obviously a producer too, but I do some reporting as well. And I was working on a like story about this activist um, who was pushing for changes to the laws around voting in Georgia for people convicted of felonies. Um, and he was an African-American Muslim guy, grew up in the community. Um, in the West uh, End. He, he, he grew up in the African-American Muslim community in Buffalo, actually. I see. Um, and moved here, I think, like when he was a teen or in his like early 20s. So I'm based in Atlanta. I'm, I'm a reporter here as well as a producer. And I was working on this story about this activist um, who was trying to get some laws changed in Georgia around voting for people who are convicted of felonies. Uh, he was an African-American Muslim guy, uh, knew the community in Atlanta really well. And I can't remember if it was him or his now wife, who was his fiance at the time, who mentioned uh, Imam Jamil Alameen to me and and. I was like, oh, I, I started looking into this. I emailed a friend who, uh, who's I th really admire his reporting, and I was like, hey, has has anyone done anything on this? You know, because I didn't want to like waste my time if someone had already done a story. Um, so, and he was like, no, but someone should. So, with that kind of encouragement, then I started to dig into it a little bit. And this was like a couple years ago or something. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, so it would have been twenty twenty one, I think. And once you learned about the case, what'd you do after that? So usually what, you know, I think a lot of reporters do, you make some initial phone calls, uh, and I filed a bunch of open records requests to get the case documents, both from the Atlanta Police Department and because they initially responded to the shooting in the West End, and then also from the Fulton County District Attorney because they were the prosecutors in the case. So they kind of accumulate a lot of the evidence and incident reports and potentially interviews with witnesses, that kind of thing. So you so you file these requests. Um, do they respond to them or, or how do they, what type of response do you get from the Fulton County DA? Right, because the Atlanta Police Department response was great. They were very quick. Uh, they got back to me, but they only had like some they only had sort of like the detective's initial file, which actually, you know, the investigation into this case from the Atlanta police department didn't take that long. Right. It was like a month maybe or something right before he was indicted. So the, most of the documents were with the Fulton County DA. And I mean, maybe I got like an automated response initially, but then it was like months until I really heard anything. And I had to continue to like, uh, email them and email them um, and call um, and eventually they told me one they told me that they didn't have any audio or video recordings which we're obviously interested in because this is a podcast 
but they also told me that they or I can't exactly remember the timeline here but like there weren't audio and video recordings and they also said they weren't going to release any materials to us because the case was under review um, by this entity called the Conviction Integrity Unit which you know we get into later in the in the later episodes of the podcast uh, and so they were saying well you know usually the practice is when when a case is open when the investigation is open you know you don't release the evidence could that because that could potentially interfere with the investigation right it's reasonable to a certain extent um but you know personally as a journalist and um as i talk to more people here is like well this could potentially be a problem because these conviction integrity units are uh pretty popular within the criminal justice world at the moment uh different agencies around the country are instituting them as a way to review prosecutions or miscarriages of justice potentially and it seems problematic that you could kind of push something into a conviction integrity unit and then seal it off from the public um, because these are cases that have already played out right um, they're in a post-conviction phase the, the case is essentially yeah. closed you know like when we file public records requests one of the main responses that we get if it's not turned over is this is still an open case but it, once it's closed it's supposed to be closed. So what you're saying is they kind of found this little area where they reopened it um, and closed it again from public scrutiny. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it seemed that way because we didn't, you know, I wasn't getting signals that they were doing a lot of work looking into it, right? So that that was the concern. And then we got the Georgia First Amendment Foundation involved, which is a organization here who advocates for trans government transparency, that kind of thing. And they help journalists with open records records requests. And they definitely were concerned about this sort of setting a precedent for prosecutors to close cases and keep them from public scrutiny. So um, they got involved and we pushed more. And eventually the Fulton County DA did find recordings. Um, which some of have already been included in the episodes that have, you know, aired, uh, and there will be more to come. Some of those in later episodes, and those are the, this is the first time that those have been heard by the public. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we got those recordings, um, and we got eventually got. I I would say probably only five percent of the documents were withheld. Probably less than that for like legal reasons like if there's personal like medical information or that kind of thing you know um and it was it was wild because actually the documents we felt we got a document that had a list i think i sent this to you at some point we got a document that had a list of the different recordings that the da's office said they didn't have so then i was able to send that to the da and be like look this says that these recordings exist so like please go back and look for them again and eventually they found them. Yeah. With public records requests, the more detailed you are and the more specific you are in your requests, the better, you know? And you remember, I mean, we didn't get those recordings until like we had already, we were already writing episodes, right? Yeah. 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 It was very close to the end, which actually leads me right into my next question. You know, I know this, you were wrangling with them for a long time, uh, trying to get this stuff, um, you know, with the help of, of these uh, First Amendment lawyers. What were you doing in the meantime? Right. So I, you know, I had made some calls uh, and was sort of doing some preliminary interviews. And 
And the fir- one of the first things I did was write to um, this guy. His name is Otis Jackson. Um, folks who are listening to the podcast, they won't have heard his his voice yet, but it, he's coming in the later episodes. He has for years been confessing to shooting the deputies um, outside the mosque uh, in the West End, um, the crime for which Imam Jamil um, was charged uh, and convicted. I think we can say that. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we can say that. So, um, yeah, so I wrote to him. He's in federal prison uh, and, you know, gave him my phone number. And eventually he called me. Uh, the way it works is you can't call into federal prison. You have to, the calls have to come out to you. So I was always like looking, you know, when I would get calls. I can't remember where it said they were coming from, maybe like Maryland or something. So I'd, I knew if I was getting a call from Maryland that it was probably him. The calls would only last 15 minutes, um, but I tried as much as I could to answer them. And so we sort of got to know each other. And eventually he, you know, told me this story that he's been telling for a long time. Uh, and so that was, yeah, that was really important to have that, uh, particularly in the early stages, because also I don't think anyone else in the press had really interviewed him ever especially not yeah not audio versions of those interviews throughout this period you guys were on the record and you were recording these conversations yeah yeah he agreed to talk on the record um he yeah i mean you'll hear you'll hear some of those recordings later in the show the folks who are listening to the show will hear them and um you know he's a complicated guy as you might imagine uh and those conversations weren't always easy um, but they definitely made me like more interested in the story and kept, you know, got me to continue to push on other fronts, like with the documents and that kind of thing. Yeah. Did you guys ever get a chance to meet? No, no, we did not. We did not get a chance to meet. We tried that. Um, the process for interviewing someone in federal prison is like complicated. I had to read like these different, like, um, I don't even know what you call them, like rules that were created by the the Federal Bureau of Prisons. They're kind of hard to find online uh, for how you go about that process. And you have to like submit the request to the warden, I think. And then you have to get the person who's incarcerated to sign on as well. And the problem that, you know, the trick with like reporting on people who are incarcerated is that you don't always know like what's happening on the on the back end like within the prison so i don't know whatever happened it didn't work out for us to interview him in person but i don't know if the breakdown was that he ultimately didn't want to do that for whatever reason or if the warden didn't clear it we never really got to the bottom of that but um, he agreed to the interviews on the record over the phone and thankfully the quality was good enough that we were able to use them so you're having these conversations with otis jack jackson and um Eventually, you start getting documents back. What kinds of things do you begin to see? So we started to get the documents back, and there were particularly there were some documents, especially that caught my attention, that were about um, a number of other homicides that had played out in the West End that had happened in the West End um, in the '90s, especially. And we also saw a lot of stuff in those documents about the FBI. Um, and 
their involvement in the community, informants that they had in the community um, in the 90s and even around the time of the shooting uh, at the mosque. And so that obviously raised a lot of questions and was very interesting. And so that was sort of what that opened up another like area of reporting in the story that sort of as you know folks will hear that plays out a lot in episodes seven and eight especially okay so we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back and johnny's going to ask me a few questions and we'll talk more about what's coming up in the show The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I am actually curious to know, Mosi, like when my boss at Campside Media, his name is Matt Share. When he first talked to you about this project, like, what was your initial reaction? Like, did you talk about it with your family? Was it something that you were thinking about a lot? Uh, or, like, did you sort of immediately know what you were going to do when you heard about the project? Yeah, Matt told me that Campside was looking for a host. And I think my initial response was kind of like disbelief at the degree to which. Um, campsite's need for a host aligned with my experience is a little bit creepy. Um, so there's this show about Jamil Alamine based in Atlanta that involves the criminal legal system with a potential wrongful conviction. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm from Atlanta. Matt didn't know this. I don't think Matt knew this. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> Um, I've done a wrongful conviction investigation before. I grew up um, knowing about Jamil Alamine, and my father is a defense lawyer who knows the people in the in the, in the defense bar there. So I was like, 
first of all, if you're looking for somebody, you're not going to find anybody that that checks those boxes. So I was like, it was kind of <laughs> weird. Um, and then, you know, like I'm thinking about this. I started to think more in particular about this case and also about the reputation of Jamil Elamine and of his community. And I knew that there were people who um, were very devoted to him and uh, who believed very much in his innocence and who, you know, would fight for him in various ways. And so I, there was some trepidation on, on my part about whether I even wanted to get involved. Um, and also about what it would mean. So I was drawn by a potential wrongful conviction case uh, because there's a, you know, a great impact that a journalist can have there. Um, but if he was innocent, I didn't want to kind of just go doing a a crime story just for the sake of a crime story. So um, you know, after after Matt and I had that conversation, I talked with my family about you know what it might mean for me to do this type of project because my family is, is still in Atlanta and still has um, strong connections and meaningful connections to a lot of folks um, in this community um, that the story deals with. And so there are a series of conversations there, and after you know making sure that they were comfortable with it and finding that I was comfortable with it. Um, I told Matt that I was ready, ready to move on, move on with you guys. Yeah. Uh, we're thankful that that worked out. Talk a little bit about how, like, because a lot of people in the community, right. Um, outside of your family who, who that the story touches on or who have connections to Imam Jamil, they weren't necessarily, you know, chomping at the bit to talk. Um, so how were you able to to get people to, you know, sit down for either for interviews for the show or, or even to like talk to you off the record um, just for background information? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was, it was trust building essentially. There was kind of a baseline level of trust that was there just because of the family that I come from and just because of my family's proximity to this community. Um, uh, you know, the the community of African-American Muslims in Atlanta, there are a number of uh, masjids or mosques, but still everyone knows everyone. So, and also my name is weird, you know, and everyone knows the secrets. Um, so, um, that meant that people would at least take my calls. And also I should say, you know, you had done some legwork when I came on and some people had already heard from you and were impressed with your rigor and with your yeah determination. And so at that point they knew that this was a serious project, um, who had someone on it who they could potentially trust. Um, and then it became, it began about, so that's like a, that gets you in the door for an off the record conversation. You know, you can have these preliminary, preliminary conversations with people. Um, they know you, uh, and they'll tell you things, but maybe they don't want to go, maybe they don't want to go on the record. And so that happened quite a bit. Um, and then it becomes about, you know, um, what we need for the show, 
who we returned to to ask if they might actually speak to us on the record. Um, luck, you know, somebody mentioned someone else who happens to want to talk. All these things kind of come into play and, you know, eventually you have a, you have what you need. We still got a lot of people who said no. A lot of people who said no. Most of the law enforcement people said no. A lot of people from the community said no. But we had what we needed and, and the conversations that we got were intimate and heartfelt, you know? So then those conversations, how do you think, both off the record and the interviews that we did, how do you think that sort of added to what, what we were already seeing in the documents that we had? I think it added a lot. Um, and here I'm being careful because I want people to make it to the end of this show. But, um, you know, in the documents, particularly in the stuff, in the court documents from the trial, we saw a lot of, there are a lot of things that were questionable about the prosecution and the conviction. The eyewitness testimony, um, the ballistics evidence, um, other, other, other types of evidence that was presented at trial, there were a lot of things there that, that, that raised some doubt um, about the conviction. And, and all these years later, it is difficult. I mean, it's difficult regardless, but it's just difficult to kind of land one way or the other with that type of evidence if you are not... I don't know. If there's kind of like a, a pile of evidence on one side and a pile of evidence on the other, you could really kind of get in this middle zone of not knowing what to think. But I think... Especially the, with, with Imam Jamil where there's like, th- there's such strong feelings on both sides. Exactly. Right? A very, we encounter that a lot. Yeah. He's a very polarizing figure. Um, but I think the reason that we were able to draw a conclusion in this show, and we do draw a conclusion in this in this show, is because we got close to people who had a sense of things, who were around. And um, that puts those documents in a different light. And, um, and it was, it was the, the, the people who we talked to were probably more persuasive to me than anything. And I think you also brought a trust like at a level that folks, a lot of folks that we talked to like wouldn't have had for law enforcement. And so law enforcement, because of the relationship that they, that, you know, not good relationship that they had with a lot of people in the West end meant that either people didn't talk to them or they didn't approach certain people who were much more comfortable talking to you. It's definitely right. the that, case, yeah. The, the, that led us to places that I don't think that law enforcement was able to go, potentially. Yeah. Um, this community had no love for the cops. Um, and, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, in the, in the initial aftermath of, of, of the shooting, um, you know, cops were approaching people for, for, um, for conversations and, and they got nothing in many cases. Um, and so it is different when when I come by and, and, and try to initiate these conversations. I should also say that it's different because we're, we're dealing with a 20-year difference in time. So many people who um, 
folks in the community might be fearful of are either no longer living or are in prison. Like just there are just a lot of things that have changed that um, allow a little bit more of the truth to shake loose. So I, I can't take like I don't want to take all the credit there. There's just the circumstances were such that it was time for the story to emerge. I really I really think it was time for the story to emerge. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Folks will be at different points in the show, maybe when they encounter this, but why don't you talk a little bit about where the story is going to go in episodes six, seven, and eight? Okay. Um, so you, you, we talked about Otis Jackson. Uh, we're going to hear from Otis Jackson, and we're going to consider what he has to say. Um, you, you know, it's a, it's a complicated bit of testimony that he's given, and um he's uh he's a complicated guy and we're going to make our our own sense of it um and, and you know after that there's uh you know we've been raising these questions about the FBI and whether or not they had someone in the community the night of the shooting whether or not there were informants there um and we're going to take a very close and very scary look at that question. Um, and then, you know, episode eight is where we're, we're we're putting it all together. And we are, you know, not only letting you know what we think happened, um, but letting you know what we think it means. And um, hopefully leaving people with something that will stick with them and stay with them and, you know, affect the way they think about violence in America. So, Mosi, when do the next episodes of Radical come out? When will they be available? 
Right. So the next new episode of Radical will be available on January 2nd. For Tinderfoot Plus subscribers, you'll be able to access episode 6. For folks who aren't subscribed to Tinderfoot Plus, you'll be able to access episode 5. Thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.